Genesis, the 29th chapter, verses 13 to 35, the New International Version. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. Then Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But that evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I saved you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah. And then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. Jacob made love to Rachel also. And his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to his son, she said, Because the whole Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to his son, she said, Now, at last, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. So she conceived again. And when she gave birth to his son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Bible before breakfast, Mildred Kingsley Gongo here. Good morning. I can't believe it's almost the end of this month and we're looking at some phenomenal women. Oh my God, I say that word too much. <laughs> but these women really are phenomenal. Women of the Bible who 
though are not considered to be major characters in the Bible, but this month, one of the biggest takeaways for us is the fact that even the minor characters have something major to teach us. So today, we're looking at the life of one amazing woman who I think isn't given too much credit in the Bible. A great woman whose story didn't stand out too well. So today we're looking at Leah. In fact, when we're introduced to Leah, it doesn't sound very nice. Um, Jacob had deceived his brother and cheated his older brother out of his birthright by lying to his father. And because of that, his brother was so mad at him, wanted to kill him. So, of course, he was forced to escape, run away from home. And he went to live with his uncle Laban, who, interestingly, turned out to be just as terrible as he was. So, obviously, cheating ran in the family. So, anyhow, he got there and fell in love with Rachel, who was Laban's younger daughter. And, of course, the trouble was she had an older sister who nobody wanted. The Bible introduces us to Leah by telling us that she had weak eyes. Some say they were tender eyes. Some say they were gentle eyes. Some say they were lovely eyes. But the emphasis was on the fact that, well, that's all she had going for her. Because when it describes the younger sister, Rachel, it describes the fact that she had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. However, the elder sister is described as having lovely eyes. (laughs) So anyhow, nobody wanted her. So Laban, of course, came up with a plan that if this guy is going to work seven years for one daughter, he might as well take any daughter that I give him. So at the wedding, after Jacob has served for seven years for Rachel, who he loved, by the way, father decided tonight I'm going to help myself by marrying off Leah to Jacob. And so the father called a very public affair. It was a wedding, you know, called everyone there when they got there. At the end of the event, Leah was handed over to Jacob. Jacob gets into his room and finds out that, well, it's Leah. (laughs) Of course, he was livid. And sometimes I wonder how Leah must have felt. Now, I don't know if Leah was in on the plan, but I doubt it because every time I read about this story, I see that her heart seems to be in the right place. She didn't hold any bitterness or anger or hatred towards anyone, but she seemed like a a pawn in her father's game. So anyhow, Jacob is furious in the morning and goes back to Laban and says, what is this thing that you've done to me? I saved you for Rachel. Why are you giving me this ugly one? (laughs) Not his exact words, but hey, you get the point. And Jacob is really angry. But then Laban gets an opportunity to insult him because he says to him, well, in case you don't know any better, It's our tradition here to make sure the older gets married before the younger. I don't know whether where you're coming from, it is customary for the younger one to steal the birthright of the older one. Okay, so somehow reminds him that, hey, I know what you did and this is no different. So please don't make any noise here. But this is what I can do for you. Since you already have her and you've already slept with her, you might as well finish 
the bridal week. So sleep with her for seven more days, right? And at the end of that seven days, I'll give you Rachel if you work for me for another seven years. And surprise, surprise, Jacob is so in love with Rachel that he agrees. Now, I still wonder how that made Leah feel. Like, I'm not good enough. You're willing to slave away for another seven years. Instead of us to start building our lives together, you're willing to slave away for another seven years just to have my sister. And I don't know if her sister got into the house and started treating her badly, started acting like, you cheated me. This is supposed to be my husband. I don't want to share my husband with you. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. What I do know is that I know it must have been really horrible for Leah. Leah was in a position where her father gave her away to a man who didn't want her. And she was in the situation where the person who was she was with loved her younger sister more and so the bible even further puts salt to injury by saying after jacob made love to rachel he loved her even more meaning after he slept with leah nothing changed but when he went back to rachel he loved her even more now interesting the bible doesn't make any record of her being bitter or anything in fact if anything i believe that she somehow developed a very strong relationship with god because the bible tells us that god now saw that she wasn't treated well and opened her womb god helped her to conceive and you know in those days women were valued by their ability to give male sons and so God did her a fantastic thing. In fact, she acknowledged it because all the way all her children were named showed how much she was in a place of pain, but pain pushed her closer to God. And that's one of the things that I believe that you must turn your pain into, a tool or a vehicle that pushes you into God's arms. And the Bible says that she had her first son and she named him Reuben because she said, Surely the Lord has seen my misery and now surely my husband will love me. She was so sure that if she presented him with a child, if she did the work, if she put in effort, if she did everything that was expected of her and she put a son in her husband's hands that he would love her. But obviously the case didn't change. In fact, that did not happen at all because by the time she had her second son, she named him Simeon. She said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, meaning she was still not loved after Reuben. She said, the Lord heard that I am not loved and he gave me this one too, a second son. Interestingly, that still did not change anything because she thought that her husband would still love her. However, the case didn't change. But then she gave birth to a third son and she called him Levi, meaning to be attached or to feel affection for. For she said, now at last, my husband will become attached to me or my husband will feel affection for me because I have borne him three sons. The one her husband loved gave him nothing, but she was producing. She was a fruitful vine in the heart of her husband's heart. She was giving him sons, but nothing changed. It seemed like her husband still loved Rachel dearly. And she did everything she could. She, she had given him three sons and nothing changed. But then after she gave birth to Leah, to Levi, I believe something happened in Leah. Her husband did not fall madly in love with her. No. 
Everything looked absolutely the same. But do you know what happened? By the time she had her fourth child, we see where she is in her relationship with God. She named him Judah, meaning praise. Because when she conceived again and she gave birth to his son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. The Bible says she stopped giving birth, meaning she had entered her rest. We must come to a place where we understand that we must live for an audience of one. And the only person whose love is important, the only person who gives us satisfaction, the only person with whom we find peace and rest is God. She got to a point where she realized there was no point still giving birth. There would never come peace or satisfaction from her husband. And this is something we must all learn. Your affirmation, your joy, your peace, your love can never come from another man. It can only come from God. And when you find yourself in situations where you feel like you are not loved or you are maltreated, your response must be this. Call that situation Judah. Say, now I will praise the Lord. That must be your response. Interestingly, after that, she had two more sons. And she named them Issachar and Zebulon, which means reward and honor. So I believe that she came to a place of resting in God and giving God praise. And God gave her honor and reward. Interestingly, nothing really changed. Because when Jacob was going back to meet his brother, and he was afraid of missing Esau, for he didn't know whether Esau was going to kill him, he first sent his concubines. Then he sent the concubines' children. Then he sent Leah. Then he sent Leah's children. Finally, he sent Rachel and her son, her only son, Joseph, in case Esau decided to kill them. So he put the favorites at the back so that it would give them a chance to escape if there was any need to. So obviously, Leah was still not loved. Leah was still not valued. Leah was still not treated as an important person. But you see, her relationship with God and the point where she got to, where she said, now I will praise the Lord. There was a deep revelation in that minute. And it was from that tribe of Judah that Jesus came. So Leah, even though was not accepted by a man, was the one that God chose for his child to come through. And so even when Jacob was blessing his children at the end of life, he gathered them together in Genesis 49. And when he was to bless Judah, he called Judah a lion cub. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is from the lion of the tribe of Judah. Listen, no matter what you're going through, let this be where you get your strength from. Rest in God. Let your reaction to every pain, every maltreatment, every evil be. Now I will praise the Lord. And let's see whether God will not cause reward and honor to follow. Because after Judah, Issachar and Zebulon must be born. After praise, reward and honor must be established. Good morning. What a wonderful way to start your day. Bible Before Breakfast with Mildred King Sukong.